Well, good morning, everybody. How are you guys doing? Good, good, good. Well, welcome. Also, welcome everyone joining online and everyone that's joining us in our lodge service. Glad you guys are here today. Well, for those of you who don't know me, my name is Matt Van Dongen. I'm on staff here at TVC. I work with our internship program and with our students. And so how I'd like us to start this morning is I want you to turn to your neighbor. I want you to give them a high five. And then I want you to tell them the last time that you cried. Yes, I said it right. The last time that you cried. All right, all right. Not the last five times, just the last time. Uh, I would have loved to have been in some of those conversations because I'm sure some of you are like, yep, that was this morning before church, definitely cried. Um, while there's people on the other end of that who's like, crying, what the heck is that? Uh, I don't do that. And then some of you might have just been a little awkward from the question and just not answered at all. Well, for me, I wouldn't categorize myself as a crier in general. So from the day-to-day stresses, the day-to-day stuff, I wouldn't say that I cry. However... When it comes to the Lord, when it comes to me being open to how God's moving in my life and others, I'm a big baby, big baby when it comes to the Lord. Uh, I can name so many different times when when I'm open to the Lord and what he's doing and and I just lose it because he's doing something in me. And and a particular story was, uh, I was in Uganda and it was towards the end of my mission trip there and I'm just hanging out with my team at our base and we're like, hey, want to just want to pray for each other? Like, yeah, sure. And so we go to a time of prayer, praying for each one of us. And we're just like, let's just be so open, whatever God wants to do and having a good time. And then, it, then it's my turn. And so I go up for prayer. And I'm like, God, I'm so open to whatever you want to want to do right now. And, and they start praying over me. And whoever was praying, I can't even remember who it was, but they were saying uh, that they see a future in my, with me, with students that, that I just feel like that you have influence in students and that you're going to, this is going to be something with your future. And I'm just sitting there and all of a sudden I picture Fusion 412, our youth group. And I, I picture these students that all uh, need Jesus, students that are struggling, that, that need some Jesus in their life. And I just lost it in that moment. I just started crying. Uh, and looking back on that, I realized uh, I was able to be so moved because my heart was just so open to what God wanted to do. And I'm sure some of you guys can relate to that story where there's maybe been a time in your life where you were so moved by the Lord, whether there's tears or, or no tears, but you were moved by the Lord when your heart was open. And then there's probably the opposite story of that, right? Where we, maybe our hearts have been closed because of something that's happened in our life, uh, where maybe we have a hurt or pain and our hearts were closed. And so that's actually what we're going to be talking about today. We're in a series called Stranger Things, and we're talking about how do we live... In an upside-down world, how do we live right-side-up in an upside-down world? So what we're going to be talking about today is open versus closed. Open versus closed. And I think that when I say open and say closed, I think there can be a misunderstanding. So what I'm not talking about is having an open mind and a closed mind. Not talking about that. I know in our culture, there's a lot of opinions going around on open-mindedness and closed-mindedness. But that's not what I'm here to talk about today. What I want to talk about with you guys is having an open heart. To be open-hearted with yourself. To be open-hearted with others and to be open-hearted with God. And another word that I think goes well with the word open is the word vulnerable. To be vulnerable. And I think 
that when some of you hear that word, you might have different emotions that stir up inside of you. Some of you might hear vulnerable and want to run from it because maybe you've been vulnerable in the past and you've been hurt. Some of you might actually think vulnerable is a weakness, to, is a weakness just like you think like maybe crying is a weakness. And some of you might, might view it as a good thing. What I'm going to do is I have one of my favorite uh, definitions of vulnerable. It, it's a little bit aggressive, but I think it gets the point across really, really well. So vulnerable. Someone who is completely and rawly open, unguarded with their heart, mind, and soul. Being vulnerable happens when you trust completely, whether it's vulnerability by pain or joy. It's being exposed with all of the emotions that could make it easy for someone you trust to really do some emotional damage or healing. Vulnerability is the surrender of all control and personal power in regards to letting someone close enough to you destroy you, not trying to hide yourself, whether that be your weakness, your past, or your emotions. Like I said, it's a little aggressive, but I really like it because it talks about all the good things that happen when you're vulnerable, but it also talks about why it's so difficult. That when you're unguarded and when you're open with yourself, that it can actually lead to trust and that can lead to healing. Whereas uh, it also opens you up to getting hurt. And if you've been hurt in the past, it even makes it easier. The, the last line of that definition saying, not trying to hide yourself, whether that be your weakness, your past, or your emotions. Now, I think that this is hard for us. I think sometimes it's hard for us to have that um, openness with relationships. I think I like to look at it kind of like our social media accounts. So what do we do on our social media accounts? We, we give the right words. We say the right things. We show the highlights of our life, right? That's what we do on social media. And so I think we bring that into our life and our relationship with people. So let's say you're going to a, a gathering. And so you're dealing with stuff because we all deal with stuff. And we're probably all dealing with stuff. But you go to the door. Before you knock on it, you put on your game face. Put on kind of that cover that nothing's wrong. And then you walk in. And so much of our lives, I think, even in Christian lives, even when we're in Christian community, I think we hide what's truly going on. We hide our emotions. We hide the hurts. And I think the reason we do this is because it's safer. It's safer than to show our real and raw self. And I think a huge reason is because of our, our past hurts, that we all have past hurts. And because of that, we often close ourselves off, and instead of having an open heart, we have a closed heart. And in our culture, I don't think that, that it's really talked about much, that we're supposed to put on that front, that that's what our culture says we should do. And so my main goal for this talk would be to push us out of our comfort zone. To take some steps, wherever you're at, to be vulnerable, to be open, to go from being having a closed heart to going and having an open heart because I believe that God's actually designed us, not with every single person, but he designed us to have an open heart with ourselves, with others, and with him. And I would say that when we are open, it actually allows God to work in our life. So look at, this is what I think open and closed does. So if you look at open, uh, this is what it does. It creates healing. It creates trust. And it creates meaningful connections. When we're open, we can actually have healing in our life. We'll begin to trust. And we'll have meaningful connections. While when we are closed, 
when we are close, we'll have a hard heart. We can develop a wrong view of God. And then we can hold on to things such as bitterness, anger, unforgiveness. We can hold on to all these things. So open, healing, trust, meaningful connection, closed, it's hard-hearted, wrong view of God, bitterness, anger. And so looking at those things, where are you? Would you say that you are someone that has more of an open heart? Where maybe you've experienced some healing in your life. Maybe you find it easy to trust God. You find it easy to trust others. And you, f- you found uh, openness in your relationships. Or are you on the other end where you find that you maybe have more of a, a closed heart. Maybe a, a harder heart where you actually might hold on to some bitterness or some anger or unforgiveness towards someone, towards God, towards the church, towards the situation. And I think that it's safe to say that many of us might be in that position where we are holding on to some of those things which causes us to have a closed heart. And so today I want to just take some steps to navigate us from having a closed heart to having an open heart. And I think it begins with this. Before we can be vulnerable with others, before we can be vulnerable to God, we got to be honest with yourself. Be honest with yourself. When I'm speaking to my students, I often say, Hey, hey guys, you have to think for yourself. And I tell them that they have to think for themselves because our culture is trying to all push us in these different directions. And so I say, first of all, you need to think, what is culture saying? Then you need to think about, what am I doing? And then you need to think about, well, what does the Bible say? And, and the most important part of all of that is first you have to be honest with yourself. And I think that we, uh, just like we are good at putting on the mask when we walk into um, a a room, we're really good at doing that to ourselves. We're really good at uh, telling lies to ourselves and for us to believe them. uh, And for us to not actually think about what we're doing. A a good way I like to think about this is, I'm I'm sure it's safe to say that we've all been in an argument. uh, And that we've all probably been in a heated argument. Well, how often... When you're in an argument, do you step back from it and you examine yourself and and ask questions like, let me examine my own actions and attitudes. Or, am I the one that's out of line here? Or, how does my action and words appear to others? Sadly, I don't think that that happens too often. That I don't, for whatever reason, we, we don't examine ourselves. And I think a lot of that times it might be our pride. It might be because we're scared of something we did. It might just be like, hey, we're right. Uh, duh, I'm right. Why would I need to go examine myself? I'm already right. But I think, sadly, that we can live a big portion of our life, years and years, without us taking a moment to be honest with ourselves. The Bible talks about this in Lamentations 340. It says this, Let us examine and probe our ways, and let us return to the Lord. Let us examine and probe our ways and let us return to the Lord. That when we examine and probe our ways, and just know that probe is not a comfortable word. It's actually quite invasive and uncomfortable. I think sometimes when you even hear the word probe, it makes you uncomfortable. Because it's meant to be uncomfortable. That when we do diligence and examine and probe our ways, choose to be uncomfortable, that we'll be led back to the Lord. And in other words will connect with God. And so if, if examining our ways, probing our ways, leads us to God, when we don't do that, when we choose to not examine ourselves, what does that mean? It means it can create a 
wall between you and God, between me and God. And, and when we have a wall, when we're not open with ourselves, I think what that does is it makes us hold on to things that we shouldn't hold on to. It means that we will hold on to hurts and pains from our past. It means that we'll hold on to that anger that we're dealing with. It'll hold on to bitterness. It'll hold on to unforgiveness. When we don't examine that we're going through these things, that means we'll hold on to things that we shouldn't have to hold on to. And so I think it's really important for us, before we can go further in in vulnerability, before we can open up to other people, before we can open up to God, we first have to open up to ourselves. And be honest, where are you right now? And I think some good questions to ask are these. To look, take some time, schedule it out if you have to. I'm big on scheduling. Get that time alone and ask those questions. What has hurt me from my past? And what am I holding on to? Am I holding on to anger? Am I holding on to bitterness? Am I holding on to unforgiveness? To be honest with yourself. And then maybe ask, where are there areas in my life where I can grow? What is my way of seeing God for who he truly is? And and a good question is, do I have community that will push me towards God? That these questions are important to ask. And I have a story that um, of a time where I luckily uh, was able to be honest with myself. In my early 20s, I was in YWAM, Youth with a Mission. It's a, a mission organization. And... I was just doing my life there, and I found myself having low levels of depression. Low levels of depression. And this was really weird for me because I don't normally struggle in that way. So, so much that it was so weird to me that I acted like it actually didn't exist. And I was actually a little shameful. I was like, no, I don't deal with depression. Like, that's not something I deal with. And so what I did is I said... I'm going to hide that I'm even dealing with that. And I put it under the rug. I put it over there and I tried to ignore it. But when you try to ignore those things, they, they actually seem to get bigger. And so that's what happened to me. I, I actually found that this depression was, was getting bigger. And I was like, this is so weird. And I had nothing else to do, but I had to take a step back. And I had to examine my life. I had to say, what is going on? Why am I depressed? I had to admit <laughs> that I was depressed. And then I had to sit there and think about what's going on. And I honestly couldn't come up with an answer. The only answer that I could come up with was that I needed to go get help. And so that's what I decided to do. I, I reached out to a, a guy who I view as a mentor. He's a little older than me. And I opened up to him. I, I told him about the depression. I was honest about that. I was honest about some of my relationship struggles. I was, I was honest about just the busyness. I was honest about everything. I just opened up to him. And, and he listened. He asked some questions. And at the end of this conversation, he gave me an answer that I absolutely was not expecting at all. He said, listen, as I'm listening, I feel like in the midst of your busyness, in the midst of you, you, you leading and in your relationship and all of these things, that you've moved into a religious relationship with God. And I was like, what? He's like, let me explain. He's like, you've been doing all these things, but you've been doing them just for God and not with God. That, that he was saying that I think some of this depression has come in because you're just doing all this life without God. You're just doing it for him. And and instantly my pride started to come up, right? I was like, dude, you don't know me and God. We tight, you know? But but luckily I pushed it down because I I respect this guy. And and I I took a moment and I I thought about it. 
I realized he was right. That I had been so busy that I had kind of lost sight of the relationship aspect. And, and I let him pray over me and he prayed for me. And I felt like there was a little bit of a release. What was so awesome about that conversation that I walked away with something I know I needed to work on. And so that's what I did. I started to work on, and all the busyness, I started to bring God into it more. And sure enough, depression just dropped away. And even to this day, when I get really busy, and that's often, I remember this story that, hey, I got to do this with God, not for him. With God, not for him. And it it helps me. And, And so I think because I was willing to be honest with myself where I was, I was able to get the help that I needed. And, and this is, leads to, that, to this next point, which is get connected. So not only was I honest with myself, but then I needed to get connected. And I would say that most of us desire to be in a deep, meaningful relationship with people and with God. And I believe that God has created us as humans that are meant to be in deep, meaningful connections with people. And I don't think that I need to give a bunch of research on how important relationships actually affect our lives. That are, I think we all know that, that relationships affect our life. But I did do a little research, and I read this article called Social Relationship and Health. And it shows a long list of complex reasons why social connections benefit our mental and physical health. That actually good connections with people can benefit our health, our emotional and physical health. And that's a little foreshadowing for a biblical principle we're going to go over in a little bit. But having relationships and support can lead to longer lives, healthier habits, and reduce symptoms of stress. And so having these deep, healthy connections can lead to these things. And I think it's safe to say that we all desire those deep, meaningful connections. But what holds us back? And I think that's because we resist being vulnerable. But oftentimes we resist being open. Just like when I was open uh, with my depression, sometimes we hold on to those things. And, and I think cul- culture plays a part in it too. Culture praises the having thick skin and staying strong and self-contained. And so what we do is we mistakenly brush off this idea of vulnerable and say that that's weak or we don't need to do that or it's not worth it because then we'll have to unnecessarily put ourselves in, in a, a place to be hurt. And so we avoid being vulnerable. But I think when we can fight to be vulnerable, that this is where God can most move in our life. That when we are truly open with ourselves and we are truly open to get connections with people, this is where he can move. But I think that to get connected, we have to get connected with the right people. Uh, Just like my friend who I reached out to, He listened to me. He cared about what was going on. But what did he do? He gave it to me straight. He didn't sugarcoat what I needed to hear. And what that meant is he in turn gave me truth that I needed to hear so I wouldn't stay stuck. He didn't enable me to stay stuck. But I think often in our relationships, in our culture, when we view openness, even if you say, yeah, I'm an open book. Well, what that looks like in our world is that instead of looking for truth, we're looking for acceptance. And what I mean by that is when we go and we are starting to vent and we're saying our problems or maybe something we're dealing with, we're looking for that person that we're talking to to say, no, it's okay. Like, you're totally entitled to that. That's totally justified. And and what that does is it enables us to be stuck. 
when we get connections with people that are just going to tell us what we want to hear, it enables us to stay stuck. And there are relationships and connections that are not healthy. If you think about, like an, think about an alcoholic who's trying to get out of that lifestyle. If they go for help to someone that's just going to enable their lifestyle, then to say, no, it's okay, like, you know, don't let this person judge you, whatever it is. It's going to enable them to stay in that spot. And anything in our life, if we're trying to, to move forward with God, but yet we're going after connections and advice from people that are just going to help us be stuck, those aren't the connections that we want to go for. That we actually want connections that are going to give it to us straight, that are not going to sugarcoat it, that are going to help us get truth, that are going to push us out of what we're going through. And I think this, at this point, it would be a good time for you to be honest with yourself. What do your relationships look like? What do your connections look like? Do you have connections that are going to help you get out of what you're going through? Or do you have connections that if you're dealing with depression, you can go to them and be open and they're going to pray with you and help you get healing? Or do you have connections that are going to enable you to stay stuck? And so maybe some of you are sitting out there and you're like, okay, I, I understand. Like, I need to be honest with myself. And yes, the next step is getting connections. And you're like, well, I don't know if I have connections like that. I don't know if I have connections that are going to give it to me straight. Well, I think a great place to start is right here. <laughs> right here at TVC. And, and our values here at TVC are actually to get connected in life groups, to serve, and to attend church. And this probably sounds like a shameless plug for TVC. And it absolutely is. <laughs> 100%. And the reason why is because I believe fullheartedly that these values are some of the most important things you could ever do in your life to get connected with God, to stay connected with God, and to have deep and meaningful relationships with others. That when you're connected in a life group, it's, it's something special. If you've never been part of a life group, it's something special. The, the, the bonds and the relationships you make with those people are amazing. If you've been part of a serving team, you'd also know there's something special about serving. That you can be having a bad week, and when you serve, it helps keep you connected. But that starts with attending church. And so if that's you, and you're saying, well, I desire those connections, right here is the perfect way, the perfect place to start. And I, that doesn't mean that you just turn to your neighbor and you just open up your whole life story. That's not what that means. But what, check this out. What happens, let's say, okay, I want to, I want to be honest with myself. I want to be open with people. I want to get these connections the first step, and you're like, I'm going to join a life group. So what you do is you join a life group, and you're a little like, you know, it's all right to be kind of figuring it out at first. But you, you, you join for a couple weeks, and you start to get to know these people. Then you join for a couple months, and you start to get trust with these people. And eventually, once you have trust, you realize, oh, I can be open. I can be open. And you start to create connections with people that have like-minded goals with God. And you find yourself being open. And there's something so awesome that happens when we're, be, when we're able to be open with people. And the Bible talks about this. James five sixteen. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. This verse talks about being in relationship with people, but what it talks about is being in healthy relationships with people, going towards God. And when it says confess to one another, what it's saying is being open with one another. 
that when we're open, some of those things I talked about in the beginning, some of those hurts, pain, bitterness, anger, unforgiveness, when we're open, it says, you will be healed. And so you check out a life group and you start attending and then you, you feel a little bit of trust build up and then you feel like you can be open. So you, you talk to one of the people in your life group, hey, I got to open up about something. And you just choose that tiny thing, right? That just little, little thing. You want to test the waters. And you're open and you realize, oh my gosh, they care about me. And then they pray with you. And then the Bible says that there's healing when that happens. And so you see that that's good. And so another month down the road, you're like, hey, I got to open up about something a little bit bigger. And you open about something with your family that you've been angry for a long time. And then they pray for you. And then the Bible says that there'll be healing. And you keep doing this. And it's like an onion, right? So just one layer, then another layer, and then another layer. And then finally you're like, okay, I got to open up about something big. And you open about something that happened to you when you were young and it shouldn't have happened to you. That it's very real in our culture that things happen to us that shouldn't happen to us. And we don't know how to handle them. So we push them away. And that leads to broken relationships. That leads to unhealthy view of who God really is. And we hold on to these things. We hold on to bitterness. We hold on to anger. And it actually just starts to destroy us. But when you're able to open up and be vulnerable with somebody that's like-minded. When you're open and they pray for you and they're with you. The Bible says that God will bring healing. And so eventually over time and over trust and over opening and over prayers and peeling that onion down, you're to the core and you realize that God has made you a new person. That all those things that you used to struggle with are now ripped away and now you feel light and you feel free and you feel like now you can go help someone else that's dealt with the same thing. I was talking to a friend recently and unfortunately him and his brother They lost their dad several years back. And so what my friend did is he chose to get help. He chose to deal with it. He chose to open up to people and say how hard this was and to get the prayer and to get the support and to get the healing that he needed. But unfortunately, his brother didn't. And because of this tragic event, he started to have bitterness and anger towards God. And that started to As it went to God, it started to reflect into his relationships. And sadly, right now, he's on the verge of maybe a divorce. And that makes me sad because what if, what if he just decided to attend church and he was able to get connected? He was able to join a life group and he was able to be open and get that healing that God promises. And I think that maybe some of us are dealing with similar things. Or maybe we have had someone pass in our life and and you don't understand why. And it's causing you to hold some things against God. Or maybe something happened to you as a kid and all these different things. Maybe some of you are holding on to these. And I just want to encourage you that those are not things that we're meant to hold on to. That there's a reason that Jesus died and rose again. That he wants to touch the, the hard places of our hearts. And he gives us an outline here that when we open up to people, that God wants to move and bring healing. And so a simple, simple, maybe corny way to remember this though is be real and be healed. So first we're honest with ourselves. We realize, okay, we're dealing with this or maybe we need to get in a connection here. And then the next step is we take connection with people. We go after healthy connections. And then once you do that, there's a place where you can open up. And you can be healed. I have a pretty amazing story to share with you guys. Uh, so, 
I have a, a, a small group leader with Fusion. Her name's Jamie. And if you know Jamie, she's dealt with really bad back pain since she was young. And so actually talking to her, she said, yeah, it's been over 20 years since I've had a full night of sleep. That it is impossible for her to sleep. She's just in a ton of pain all the time. And we were on a mission trip a while back. And, and she told me that God had actually spoken to her to come to me for some prayer. But then she got kind of nervous because she was going to come for healing. But something was telling her it was going to be more than just asking for healing. And she was kind of scared. So she said there was probably a, six or seven times that she actually didn't go for prayer when she thought she needed to. And finally, she's like, okay, I'm going to do it. So she came to me and was like, hey, can I, can I get some prayer? I'm like, sure, yeah, of course. And she, I'm like, what do you need prayer for? She's like, I, I, I just need healing. I got all this, this back pain. And said, all right. So I just lay my hand on her shoulder. And, and as soon as I started praying, I knew that God wanted to do something else. And, and she knew that God wanted to do something else too. And said, so instead of going down this avenue of praying for prayer, I, I felt led to say, you know, is there some stuff that's happened in your past that you, that's been holding you down that you want to bring up? And she, she said, yeah. I'm like, well, did it happen when you were young? She's like, yeah. And I'm just like totally blown away by what God's doing in this moment. And then she turns, opens up and said that there's some things that happened to her when she was young that shouldn't have happened to her. And her as a young, a young kid didn't know how to handle this. And so the only way to handle this is to push it away. And as she started to grow up, she just pushed it away and pushed it away, pushed it away. And she's never really truly dealt with it. And so I was like, well, should we, should we pray about this? It is an onion, but let's give that first step to God today. And, and that's what she wanted to do. So she, she allowed herself to feel some of that pain. She gave it to Jesus. And it was that first layer peeled off the onion. And it was awesome. We, we said amen. And we we're like, that was awesome. And we walked away. But what happened is about two hours later, we were going to do some ministry in a mall. As soon as she walks into the mall, all of her pain left her back. And she was, she was like, what's going on? She started doing all these weird stretches and jumping. And she's like, people probably think I'm crazy, but I don't have any pain. And she went to bed that night and she had the best night of sleep that she'd had in 20 years. And then the next day she had better sleep. And the next day she had better sleep. So much so that she went to the doctor the next week and she has x-rays showing that her back is like this. And the x-rays now say that her back is straight. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. But talking to Jamie, she would say that it wasn't just a simple prayer for healing. There was actually some deep healing that happened when she opened up about something that happened in her life. And that when she got healed from that, the first step in getting healed from that, it actually affected her physically. And she was healed. And that's what it says when we open up, when we confess to one another, and we get prayer, it says you will be healed. That that's promised in the Bible. But that, the, the part that we have to do in that is we have to fight to be open. We have to fight to be open. And, and, and lastly, I think, so first we have to be open with ourselves. Once we're open with ourselves, then we need to get connected with the right people. And once that trust is built, to take that step into the uncomfortable, to, to be real, to be healed. And then what? Then you repeat. Then you repeat that this is something that I don't think we deal with once, but it's something that we have to fight for every day. That we have to fight to be honest with ourselves every week. We have to fight for connection because you know everything in our lives trying to take us away from connection. And we have to fight to step out and be vulnerable. So this could mean several different things for, for many of you. Some of you, the first step, the next step for you would be to schedule some time, take, take some time and actually just think and analyze yourself, to probe your ways, to think about, am I dealing with these things? 
am I dealing with those, these things? That might be your next step. Some of you uh, might have been attending church for a long time, but you've never joined a serving team or you've never joined a life group. I would say that that is the next step for you. That, that There's so many amazing things that happen when you join one of those groups. And it allows you to be open. And then some of you might be part of a serving team, might be part of a, a, a life group, but you've never really truly opened up. Maybe you've been a part of one for years, but you've still been holding on to something. Well, I encourage you to take that next step of opening it up to someone you trust in that group and getting prayer and see how God heals. I really believe that God has incredible purpose for all of us. And part of that design and part of that purpose is with people. And as we can open up and be vulnerable with ourselves and with others, it will ultimately connect us with God in a whole new way. Let's pray. Jesus, we love you. We thank you that you've just made us, you've made us people of connection, Jesus. You've made us people of connection with each other and with you. Lord, I ask you just give us all courage in this room today. Lord, whatever our next step is, that you would just fill us with courage, fill us with encouragement, Lord. And ultimately, Lord, I just pray over everyone here, Lord, we'd get the healing that you desire for us. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen.